Welcome to the first official episode of Balanced with Burns. We've got a very special guest for you today. Um, the one and only Lori Best. She is my mama. Who better to bring on for your first episode than your mama? Without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, mama. So take me back as far as you can remember. Just just your mm. upbringing, you know, how many brothers, how many sisters, stuff like that. Mm. You know, where, where were you born? Stuff like that. Okay. So we'll start with. Hampton, Virginia, same as y'all. Born in Hampton, raised there always. The hospital was Dixie. Was it Dixie? I forget what. There seems to be something else that should go with the Dixie name, but it was Dixie. Hmm. And um, over the years, it's changed. I think it was Hampton General or something like that. Um, I don't even know if it's there anymore. Is it close to Granny's? Um. Yeah, it's in the it's in the city of Hampton, so probably like a twenty minute drive, mm-hmm. you know. But it was over towards, I don't know, um, like if you're driving from your grandma's house to, um, like towards the beach, mm-hmm. like Fort Monroe area, it seemed to be over there that way somewhere. So I'm horrible. Maybe towards downtown directions. Hampton. We moved here when I was seven, so yes, yeah, so you're not going to remember a whole lot. <laughs> as about far that. as directions, I don't well, remember. like downtown Hampton, where you go to see the um, the Air and Space Center. Oh, okay, yeah. So kind of like seems to be in that direction uh-huh. to be driving. Anyway, and you're the oldest, right? <clears throat> no, Michael. Michael's oldest. That's right. Michael, that's right. then me, then your aunt Nene, then Jonathan. Okay. So, but yeah. Um. So, uh, we. When I was little, the first neighborhood I remember was um, Copeland Park. So I think it was like ghetto kind of stuff. I don't know. Um, your grand, your my dad was a milkman. I think really nice. Okay. He was a milkman. That's what mom laughs and says. Yeah, milkman's kids, milkman, milkman. Yeah. yeah. And um, but I remember little little parts about the house. It's really weird how you can remember stuff when you're you're little little mm-hmm. little kid, um, like. I, my earliest memory was being at like somebody's house that had one of those washing machines that has the ringer where the, you know, you pull the laundry, it's in a big tub looking thing Mm -hmm. where it washes, but somehow the, the garments get fed through this thing where you turn the crank and it runs through two rollers and it squeezes the water out of them. Instead of a spin cycle. Yeah. Had a ringer. Yeah. Some type of thing you feed the stuff through and you would crank it and then and i've told your grandma about that and she's like well we never had a washing machine like that your grandma never had i think it was my grand my great grandmother no something super old oh really really old have you seen the new ones where it's all in one like it's a washing machine and and it dries Uh -uh. there you should check them out no they're probably crazy expensive well we've got the one that has the non-irrigation thingy what do they say it um it's just got the little bumpy thing in the very bottom. It doesn't have the agitator that comes up through right, the middle. Right, we got the same Hate thing. Hate that thing. Yeah. Hate that. Never. It does not clean the laundry good. And stuff gets like wrapped around it like sheets. Around the agitator? Right. You've got the stick up. You no, need that. we don't have the stick up. It's okay. just like a lump. Okay. A little tiny lump. I don't, yeah, the laundry seems to get twisted, but it cleans clothes better to have that. I don't like the one that we have. You have the same. It's It doesn't clean laundry good. So you like prefer it. the one with the piece? 
or oh. the front loader where it okay. kind of turns the laundry. It gets them cleaner. I can it take things out of my laundry. Way, stops and goes the other way. <clears throat> yeah. 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 It tumbles the laundry on right. itself. Anyway. Um, but that's funny that my first, my oldest memory that I can think of was like somebody's washing machine at somebody's house. I must've been fascinated by it. I don't know. And then, all right. So, um, I don't remember any of my, Jonathan was the only sibling I remember being born, you know, because I was like six or You're seven. Tiny. Yeah. I was seven. You're just so, living. Yeah, I was only like two when your Aunt Nini was born. Mm -hmm. I think I just turned two or maybe two in a month because we're two years apart. Yeah. And Michael's how older? <laughs> how much? He's two years older than me. So, so it's two between just... me and, yep, boom, boom, like boom, every boom, two boom. years. Nice. So my brother, Michael, me, Janine, and then Jonathan, he was, I don't think mom and dad planned on having any more kids, mm -hmm. but at the last minute they decided one more or whatever and all along King your uncle Jonathan. Now did granny ever that to your knowledge, did she ever have any kind of like miscarriages or anything mm -mm. like that? Not that I know of. Yeah. Nope. How many, in your opinion, how many children is too many children? You know, <sighs> are we talking eight? No, God, that's a bunch who can afford that many God. kids. Lord Jesus. Well, this is like not only the kids costs, but mm -hmm. just the house, like where are they going to sleep? Mm -hmm. I think the perfect number in a family is like three, four, mm -hmm. five. That's a lot to find out. <laughs> well, you don't hear of anybody having five kids anymore. Right. You hear three kids two, you know, but rarely four and almost never five. So but there's a know? number. There's a number for a society to have mm -hmm. for the society to thrive. And I think it's one point three children per family so call it two anything less than that mm -hmm. the population is on a decline mm -hmm. I, I can't explain that mm -hmm. it makes sense but you think about america's basically on a decline mm -hmm. because pe people are only having one two kids like you're i guess you could call it some people sister. would say selfish but i mean it's what do you want you know because they're all going to be families like ours where mm -hmm. we want as many as we can possibly stand and then there's <laughs> other ones that are like i'm not having any kids Cause I'm going to live my life. Mm. And then there's like, ah, we'll just have one. See how it is. Mm -hmm. And I get, it might have to do with, if you have one and that baby's just like a little demon child, mm. you're like, I'm not having any more kids. Well, and I, I think it's like you say, where people have one kid and then they go, gosh, this is a lot of work. Yeah, I have, to give up up. All, I have to give up on my dreams. Right. You can't, it's harder to travel and you have a bigger car, mm. you know, it, you, there are life adjustments that have to be made when you have more children yeah. and you yeah. know that heck y'all gonna have to have a bus we were looking at those uh it they have these things called ford transits which it's kind of like a van ford okay ford transit but nissan makes this thing and it's got like 14 seats in it and you can bolt them you like can a church bus it take it take <laughs> yeah it takes like one minute to take out each chair so you can like do your own configuration oh that's cool it's pretty wild we've seen people with them um but that's, I was joking because we went to church three or four weeks ago mm -hmm. and we had uh, Abby, which mm -hmm. is uh, technically Stephanie's sister, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the neighbor uh, right here, Caleb. So we had two kids and we're like, so we had to take two vehicles mm -hmm. to church. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whenever we get that Nissan thing, we can just post something online. Be like, anybody want their kids to go to church? Mm -hmm. We got six extra seats. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, the church would love it. <laughs> More the more the merrier. Stephanie said that um, in her little trailer park that they lived in, 
um, there was an old couple that mm-hmm. would take the kids to church, mm-hmm. which was pretty wild. So that's why she, I was just joking. And mm-hmm. she was like, we really should. That would be fun. The kids would love it. I know. It yeah. is fun. They, I think it's six is when you have to go to big church is what we call it. Mm. So if you go early, you go to like Sunday school for the kids, for the adults, they call it uh, life groups. Mm. Yeah. And then there's like 12 different ones that you can choose from as far as age. Uh, if you're married or single, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's pretty neat. And then the kids, when after those are over, which those are like an hour from 10 to 11. Mm-hmm. And then at 11, you go to what we call big church. Okay. And if you're six and under, you get to stay in your fun little class. But if you're seven and older, you got to go to big church, which is boring for the kids. I know. It's hard. It's hard to sit still for an hour. It's hard for an adult to sit still for exactly, an hour, yep. especially if you're tired. I remember my dad falling asleep in church. Oh, my God. He'd be sitting there and his head would doze down. And, and me and my sister would... It was always me and Janine sitting by him for some reason. And I remember, well, Jonathan was like clueless. He didn't pay attention to anything. <laughs> and then me and your aunt and would elbow him. And he's like, oh, I'm just praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. Right, I'm like, no, right. you were. You were falling asleep. It was, uh, somebody told me that someone in the family had like narcolepsy. Isn't that where you like? Um, yeah, it is where you fall. It, it is where you just doze off or whatever. Right. And maybe your grand, your my dad had it. I don't okay. know, but I just think he would he would drive down the road when we were driving oh as kids God. from Hampton to Richmond. Mm-hmm. is a two hour drive, and we would you know big trips. We were poor. Big trips for us, or you know, people take their kids to Disney and you know on camping trips and do this, that, and the other. For us, a big outing was a, a yearly trip to Kings Dominion. Right. And we would take the my dad's truck, and it had the um, it had the camper on the back, and it was the one that fit on the back of the the truck where you had to walk up steps, and then you would um, walk into it. But there was like a, a my mom called it a berth. It was apparently like a, a twin size bed or something that would extend over the cab of the truck. Nice. So it would hang out like a little bit. But it had that little skinny part over right. the cab of the truck, and then it would have like this square looking thing that sat in the bed of the truck and we would get in that and we went to richmond one time to do the the king's dominion thing and apparently daddy was tired when he was driving and he was he was like that he would fall asleep driving that you had to watch him and maybe that's why i don't ever sleep when i'm in the car with somebody (laughs) can't do i don't trust anybody so we were riding down the road driving to king's dominion and the truck starts running off the road and we're like um you, we're in the back. My brother, Jonathan, sitting up front. And like I said, he's just looking around, <laughs> you know, looking at stuff. Daddy's going off the road and swerving in through lanes and stuff. So we're in the back and there's this little window where you could see through the window in the back of the truck behind right, the driver, right. whatever, you know, that window. But it was just this little square thing. Mm-hmm. And you would, we mom had <laughs> taken down one of the curtains and she was like knocking on the window, knock, 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 trying to get his attention. And then she took the curtain around. She's beating that on there. And finally, I think your uncle Michael or somebody climbed up on the berth, you know, cause it was a bed, right. you know, he got up in the part that went over the cab and he popped the screen out and the windows would, were those ones that you would like turn the little handle and that they would open up and right. then louvers. 
Luger windows and they would open up. Well, finally, Michael sticks the curtain rod out the window with his arm and starts beating on the windshield. Oh my God. Daddy finally woke up and pulled and over. Slowly drifting. Oh yeah. Wow. So mom, when we, he finally pulls over, oh, Michael wakes him up. He pulls over to the side of the road and mom gets in the front of the truck and Jonathan gets in the back and you could see her all the way. She was chewing him up she one should've. side, down the other. Oh, Golly. she was. Yeah. Yeah. She was. Well, I mean, that you get tired while you're driving, mm -hmm. but they, when you, I get to that point, I've, I've done it multiple times mm -hmm. where the person you're with, they get mad, but you're like, you're going to have to drive because mm -hmm. I, I can't, mm -hmm. I'm going to fall asleep. I don't want to be the one that pushes it. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, no, what happened? And in the woods. On the <laughs> side of the wood. God. See, and I'm one that if I start getting sleepy, I'll get some gum out or roll the window down something. or turn the air conditioner up, turn some music up or something. But typically, I'm not one to fall asleep behind the wheel. But I know when you've been out drinking or you're just tired, get, yeah, at night, it's bad. Bad, bad, bad. But yeah, my dad was horrible like that. We'll fall asleep at the drop of a hat. And this was when seatbelts weren't really a thing, mm -mm. right? Yeah. Seatbelts. The cars even have them? They did have seatbelts, but they did not. Yeah, they were just the lap belts. Okay. They didn't have the things that go across your chest. Yeah. And then um, for the you know kids, they didn't have car seats back then. I mean, you just held them in your lap, oh I guess. My God. I don't know. That's what we did with Torn when he cut his little finger. Mm. Stephanie was like, what, what am I going to do? I was like, hey, just hold him. Yeah, sit we'll in the back fine. seat. We'll be fine. Hold One, him. it's not like I'm going to have to speed. Mm -hmm. And you got to keep pressure on it. So just hold him. Put mm -hmm. the seatbelt across the both of you. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. You yeah. know, sit in the back. Yeah, sit in the back. Know, yeah. I would have. Windows are kind of tinted a little bit. but Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. But um, all right. So elementary school. Well, like, what do I remember about it? Just, um, yeah, anything that sticks out. So, um, it's weird because I do remember school a lot. Did they still have pre-K and then K and then one, or was it just? Well, they still, they did not have any of the pre-K stuff. It was okay. kindergarten in the first grade. Now, because of where my birthday falls in October, um, you could... I would typically would have to wait until the following year. So whenever I was in school, all my friends were a year older than me. I was always the youngest mm, because, yeah, because I, because of where my birthday fell, um, my parents started to be early. Now they couldn't enroll me in regular school. So they did put me in a, a Christian kind of church run mm. private school kind of thing. And in order for my parents to be able to afford it, mom used to take like three or four other kids. So she would pick up other people's kids and take them to school, the same school to be able to make the money to pay for the, you know, cause you didn't get to go for the free there. Like you do regular, you know, city schools, whatever. Right. Your taxes just pay for that. Right. But I remember kindergarten was at one church and it was weird. Cause I remember it off of Mercury Boulevard. And I can actually tell you where, you know, as I'm sure it's not there anymore, but I can show you driving down Mercury like you're going towards, you know, the Hardys. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows where the Hardys is. We pass over that body of water and not far after that, there was a space on the left that had that church, which I, like I said, I don't think it's there anymore. So but I remember you, kindergarten. Why did you go to a church school? Because I was too young to go. It was um, either go to that school for like two years, I think. And then they had to test me in order for me to go to second grade for me to get in regular public school, second grade. Hmm. So I had to go kindergarten first. And then before I could transfer and go to actual second grade in public schools, I had to be tested. 
So for kindergarten, it's so weird. I remember watching the people do the enrollment with mom for kindergarten. And I remember thinking, I want to be a secretary. It was the weirdest thing. You wanted to be the person. I wanted, there was a lady, I guess, that was helping the man do the paperwork, enroll me. And I remember thinking, I want to do that. I want to be a secretary when, when I grow tiny. up. Mm -hmm. That's weird. That's wild. And to this day, I still like office type work. Mm -hmm. So it's weird how you know that early. Well, in first grade, I had to go to a different school. Um, it was really weird because my cousin Rhonda, my aunt Nancy, mm -hmm. she has two daughters, right. Rhonda and Jolie. Rhonda went to that same public school for first grade. I'm not real sure why. She was a little older than me. And so was my, I had two cousins that were close in age to me, but not that close. Um, they were a year older. But I remember Rhonda went to the same school as me. And I remember the first time your grandma's back went out. So she always, always hasn't always had a bad back. Not that I knew. Mm. Um, but the first time I ever remember it being bad was when I was going to first grade. And normally mom always picked us up. Well, instead of mom picking us up, my Aunt Nancy came and got me. And she took me home with her to hang out with her and my cousin Rhonda and Jolie. And... Um, I guess your grandma was laid up with her, you know, Jonathan was a baby, like yeah. a tiny baby yeah. at that point. But she's, she'd said that that was the first time she really started having bad, bad mm -hmm. back problems. Some people do. It don't really <clears throat> matter if, if you make, cause the back is one of those things. If you don't constantly, I've got a little thing <laughs> that's still in the box over there, but it's just this thing. You, you get into it facing forward mm -hmm. and it cuts off kind of like right at your waist mm -hmm. and you just lean over. Stretch. And then you stretch back. It's like if you don't keep it strengthened, mm -hmm. you can make one one bad move. And once mm -hmm. you hurt it once, it's like it just slips out. You know, you know, Donna and mm. Jonathan, they both have issues with their backs. And yep. I luckily I stretch because I know mm -hmm. one move. One it's usually like a mix. Like people say, make sure you bend your knees, but it's like it's usually like a twist and a bend. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it right, just mm -hmm it's true it's true and once you mess it up it's like never the same yeah never the same anyway or grainy so um so that was first grade oh i remember in first grade we had this christmas play and or maybe it was a graduation type ceremony we were wearing little white those almost like the choir gowns mm -hmm. you know in the traditional baptist church right. and i remember um i had this everybody had there was a speech and i had to do this speech and, and um i remember um you had to recite it in front it's of everybody like a solo yeah <laughs> no i think we did it as a group okay. but i remember mine was something to do with not ever littering and i am so weird i will never throw you'll see me throw gum out of the window yeah. but i've never if i see trash i'll typically pick it up yeah it's i remember you know saying i will whatever and i will never be a litter bug and that really it's so weird Dang. how you're so young and just little things mm -hmm. can affect you or impact you so hugely. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I was, I remember, I, I swear to never be a litter bug. And to this day, I will not throw anything <laughs> out the window. I will, you know, if I'm seeing something out, I'll pick it up, throw it away as long as it's not funky. I've always been, I've got like a rule. If it's biodegradable. Right. An like, apple. Like if it's food. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm eating a French fry and it's got like a black spot on it, <laughs> I'll eat, I'll eat the good half and then throw the dark half out. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's, especially Trash. cigarettes, people flick cigarettes oh. and they'll do it right in front of cops. And I'm like, that's technically mm -hmm. littering. Mm -hmm. And they'll, you know, sometimes they'll flick it up on your windshield when you're behind them. That yeah, pisses me off too. No. Just, yeah. It's just lazy. 
It is. Like, just keep it. Right. Well, they don't want to make their car stink. Who gives a, you know, next time you stop, you got to stop. Already. You gotta You've stop. been in there. Most likely, if you're the person that litters, you're most likely a stinky person. Mm. Oh, my god! <laughs> Inside and out. Jamie and I were sitting at, um, having, what was it, lunch? Friday, dinner. We had stopped by a little place called Jack Beagles in Mount Holly. Okay. So cute little place. Um, the little town love in Mount Holly. And we had stopped in there to have lunch and or dinner. It was late. And um, I came and sat up. I love to sit at the bar because I love to watch the bartenders. You get to talk to people around you. Oh, so yeah. Jamie and I always sit at the bar unless we've got other people with us and then it makes it harder. But right. um, we were sitting at the bar and this, I, I remember pulling up and sitting beside him and somebody just reeked of the strongest, nastiest cigarette smell I'd Ugh. ever smelled. And I was like, what is that funky smell? And I, it was loud enough to where I didn't care if somebody around me heard it. They yeah. were awful smelling. Yeah. It was this young guy sitting next to me. I'm thinking, how much does that little dude have to... And he went outside to smoke. Right. But when he comes back in, he car- it, it was funky. Aren't you glad that they it. don't have smoking areas oh my God. indoors anymore? So grateful. That wasn't that long ago. I don't like walking. If I'm walking into work and somebody's standing outside somewhere yeah. that I have to walk past and they're smoking, I will hold my breath yeah. until I get past them and, and think, okay, is the air clean? I just... It's disgusting. Don't well, that's like, like the secondhand smokes. smokes worse than the actual. Like when you're the smoker, the people that are around you are getting it worse than you are. Probably because you're breathing out the bad stuff, and then the people are breathing that in. Mm. But mm. anyway, it's nasty. It just stinks. Anyway, so that was okay. So that was first grade, and then second grade, I went to regular school, and I remember having to be tested. I don't remember what they did. Or whatever, but you know, I got in no problem. So that was in Tyler. That was Tyler. Oh, yeah. Tyler, right down the street mm-hmm. from Grandma. So I went there second to six, and then high school was seventh to ninth. I went to Lindsay. Um, so at this point, y'all were living in the same house that Granny's in now. We have been in the house that Granny's in since I was three. Wow. Yeah. So Jonathan was born there. He's never known any other house. Nice. Yeah. So your aunt That's Nene. Pretty cool. I think. Nene must, she might have been teeny tiny or I'm trying to remember if she was, if I was three, yeah, she would have been tiny when they moved in. Now, isn't it, I've, I've had the same conversation with multiple people, but isn't it wild how when you're little, everything seems huge. Mm. And then when you go back to visit it, you're like, this is so small. Mm-hmm. Like I deliver uh, Paces River mm-hmm. and it's like micro size. But I remember it being huge. huge. Like, this is amazing. And then now I'm delivering. I'm like, man, everything's just like right here. That's funny. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Now, when you're so small, like the perspective. Yeah. Like the yeah. house is huge and you could run in it. Mm-hmm. But now you're an adult. You're like, man, this is too small. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Well, you're smaller. Things are bigger. Right. When you get bigger, space seems closed in, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was all. And then Hampton, well, I went to Pembroke High School. And that school closed down. It's the YMCA. So when you're going to Grandma's and you get off of, so you're going 58, you mm-hmm. go that small stretch on 664 after the modern Meredith Mac Bridge, the tunnel. Right. There's um, a school when you get off on LaSalle Avenue exit. There's a school right there. It used to be Pembroke High School, but it's mm-hmm. it's the YMCA or it's social services or something now. That was actually right. my high school. Mm-hmm. Michael graduated from there. Pembroke. Mm-hmm. And I went there for like one year. Yeah. And then I they closed the school down and I graduated from Hampton High. So 
went to that. So what were the main <clears throat> high schools? You had Kickatan. It was Pembroke, Pembroke. Hampton, Kickatan, Bevis. Dang. So there was, how, what was the average amount of people going sure. to a high school then? Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't know that I could put a number on it. Because now they just classify them as like an A, like a 3A, 4A, 5A. Mm -hmm. It's basically like 1,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. Well, I know Hampton was a triple A because I remember we used to be really good in football. Right. And we were, we, I remember them having signs, you know, so many triple A football, State whatever. Champions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hampton Crabbers were a big deal. The Hampton Crabbers. You know, mm -hmm. when we first, uh, when I went to high school, because <clears throat> in eighth grade, they had us go to the high school to lift weights if mm -hmm. we were planning on playing football. And you get to meet all the coaches and they give you a hard time, you know, like, oh, you're so skinny and small, blah, blah, blah. And they just, you know, just try to rough you up a little bit. And uh, one of the guys, uh, Coach Barnes, he, you know, was just kind of picking our brains. He was mm -hmm. like, where are you from? And I told him I was from Hampton. Mm -hmm. And he was like, the Hampton Crabber. He's a big, giant, mm -hmm. white guy. He's dead now, but he's big old white. The Hampton Crabbers, boy, you don't know nothing about the Hampton Crabbers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he was like, they're good at this and good at that. Oh, like, we were oh. killer football team. Yeah, it was amazing. Wrestling football, that mm -hmm. is what he was saying. But I was yeah. like, I don't know nothing about that, man. I was, we, you were moved, we moved here when I was seven. I yeah. Had no clue. Yeah. You were really, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you ever have, um, like bullies? Do you have bullies growing up? Um, you know, I, I don't think so. Just the um, classic getting picked on here and there. But. No, I, you know, and maybe it was because I never got picked on. I was more the kid that you know, I wasn't popular, but I wasn't, I was like the invisible one right? where I wasn't part of the in crowd, but I wasn't, you know, the kids that they picked on because they were fat or right. whatever, you know, they weren't bullying me for any reason. But, um, there were, there were kids I know that every now and then you would, um, do something that would get you in trouble with, with a kid or whatever. I remember a friend of mine had told somebody that I said something bad about him and I was getting off, the, I was getting off the bus one morning. It was in high school, middle school. Mm -hmm. Well, what we called junior high, you guys called middle. And I remember she stopped me, this big girl. And, um, she was like, I heard you said so-and-so and such-and-such such about me. And I was thinking, I don't even know you. Why would I say something like <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. And I, she was like a, a grade or two above me. Mm. And I think just one of my friends has gotten mad at me. So she said something that I said some negative about somebody oh, so no. that they would want to hurt me, whatever. Under the bus. And I told her, I said, I don't even know you. I would never say that about you because I don't know you, mm. you know? So, you know, it kind of, it scares the crap out of you. But um, I was like, no, you know, I didn't. But And I think because I didn't cower or whatever to her, I was straight up, you know, right. she caught me off guard. And I was just like totally. Not too aggressive, yeah. but not like, oh, yeah. God, don't hurt me. Yeah, no. But I, you know, after that, it was really weird because she wasn't my friend or anything, but she would say hi to me, mm -hmm. the, the girl that was kind of the rough girl. Right. But yeah, that's the only, I can only think of one time. Now, when I was in like second or might have been fourth grade, there was a, a girl in school that kept picking on people in the bathroom or she would say something. And I, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, taking it from her. Mm -hmm. And I remember her saying, you know, I'll slap you or I'll do this or whatever. And I said, go ahead. I'll slap you back. Nice. And I remember she and I got in a fight in the bathroom one time. Now, it didn't happen you know, it wasn't, it didn't go on for much, but I, and I was kind of like a scuffle, a lot like Nellie. 
right. just kind of quiet and mm-hmm. to myself, you know, kind of blended in. I didn't really stand out mm-hmm. where anybody really noticed me. But if if somebody challenged me, I would stand up for myself. It would right. scare the crap out of me, but it's I like would perfect. stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get into this, but, you know, if you, don't you wanna push t- me in a corner, okay, I'll let's go. Because if you do, you kind of turn into like a target. Mm. And I remember after that happened, she hit me and I hit her back and we scuffled a little bit or whatever. And then the teacher was like, all right, you know, because, you know, it was after lunch or something. And I remember after that, she never bothered me again. Yeah. Some of my, some of my best friends came from fights. That's kind of weird. That's weird. But it's, I mean, but at the age, like I've told Wyatt, he's only 10 and I'm like, you know, now is the time to get into your physical fights because when you start getting bigger and older and stronger one people are really going to start getting hurt mm-hmm. you know and when you're in high school they'll detain you they'll put you in handcuffs mm-hmm. you know just to scare the crap out of you but you can get pre- you can get charges pressed upon you if you hit somebody whereas now if he gets into a fight they just roll around on the ground and you might mm-hmm. get one or two good shots in or scratch or you know if you're dirty you bite you know but and then you know you just handle it Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like whispering about each other and talking crap, you're like, let's just go ahead and handle this. Mm-hmm. And then it's over. And then usually you're friends. Like mm-hmm. I said, it, you might not be best friends, but at least you just acknowledge each other. Like, hey, it's like a respect. Yeah. You kinda. build respect out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That it's is kind of weird. High school, I never really had any type of bullying, but middle school in elementary school, elementary school more than middle school, but we mm-hmm. would, there was like a little group of like six of us and you would have like free time. And before we would go out to recess, for some reason we would kind of, we would ask each other, do you think you could beat so-and-so in a fight? <laughs> and I don't really remember why or how, but like you said, you didn't want to cower. So you'd be like, yeah, yeah. And then they'd be like, all right, well, let's see it. And then when recess would come, you would have your little boy thing. I don't know, but you would have your little scuffle. You know, I guess you win, lose. However, you know, there's no referee. It's just like I guess whoever got roughed up more lost. <laughs> but whoever got caught by the teacher. I, I, luckily, I never had. You know, like what they see in the movies, where it's like that one dude that's just like every time you see him, you're like, oh no, and you hide. You know, Mm-mm. luckily I never had that. Mm-mm. But I think sports. I have a lot of. Uh, gratitude for everything that I got from sports, whether mm-hmm. it's physical friends, you know, hard, right. hard work, you know, just the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You know, I still see guys out in public that I haven't seen in going on 13, 14 years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just saw them yesterday. Mm-hmm. What's up, man? They recognize me even with the beard. I'm like, how do you, you know, I'm, I, have, no hair. I have no hair now and a beard. How do you, oh man, I'll never forget that face. <laughs> I mean, it. we could have went to separate high schools, but mm-hmm. it's dudes from elementary school. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, man, yeah. It's, it, you know, and the, the coaches teach you to interact. I, it, the, there's so many good things that come out of sports, but mm-hmm. now you have to worry about people getting concussions and mm-hmm. you hear about kids dropping dead on the field. You know, it's like, how did a kid die playing football? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't get that. But, yeah, people – I feel sorry for these kids that don't have a network, a friend network like that. Well, it helps. Um, I was talking to somebody about this the other day as far as, I'm, uh, you know how you meet people and you're like, oh, they can get along with anybody. Mm. It's almost like um, when I meet, it. 
I'm so used to teamwork mm -hmm. that if you put me in a group of five people, I can get mm -hmm. along with all four of those people. Mm -hmm. Like one way or another, I can alter like not my beliefs and my character, mm -hmm. but the way I interact. Mm -hmm. Like if me I too. know that they're aggressive, then I'll just kind of let them, you know, make their own mistakes. Mm -hmm. And then if I know that they're shy, then I'll, you know, be always next to them, messing with them. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, I, I know you're shy, so I'm going to bring out the best in you. Like I mm -hmm. can alter and people, like you said, it's almost like social, I don't know what you, social intellect, like how to bring the best out of people mm -hmm. or how to just get along with others, mm -hmm. how to work as a team. Yeah. And I, you know, I think I'm a lot like that too, where I want to like everybody. Right. You I don't, don't want to dislike anybody. You want the conversation to be smooth. I, I want to get along with everybody. I want to, you know, be friends, be social, you know. Unless they're um, a douchebag. Yeah. If they're, then you're just yeah. like, go away. Well, and, you know, <laughs> it, it's like when you first meet somebody, you're kind of standoffish. You mm -hmm. kind of want to get to know who they are and what they're about before you share too much of yourself with mm -hmm. them. And then after you kind of realize, gosh, they're a lot like me. And then all of a sudden you're fast friends like right. Cindy Hafer, yeah. you know, one of those people that you keep as a friend forever, mm -hmm. no matter what. And when you talk to them, you'll talk for hours if you haven't talked in a while. You now, know? how did dad in general, you were in high school, obviously, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you were what, 15, 16? Yeah, we're in different high schools, right? Met, yeah. So your dad went to Kikatan, I went to Hampton, okay. and Uncle Phil lived across the street. Right. Okay. And when um, me and my friend Tammy were out sitting on the front porch, you know, always out in the front yard, we were always, the kids always outside doing something. You were how old? Walking to McDonald's. I was I'm probably trying to do the, trying 14. To do the math here. I was probably 14. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And dad was 16. 14 or 15, yeah. But I didn't date your dad at first. Right. My friend Tammy did. Oh. So we were, we were just hanging out out front and, you know, my dad had the pickup truck and for whatever reason, we're so goofy. We're sitting in the back of my dad's truck in the front of the house. I have no clue why. Well, there's no phones and stuff. So yeah. you're just outside being yeah. kids. Yeah. Well, Doug would, your daddy would come over and visit his brother, Phil, yeah. you know? And, and of course he drove up in that red, loud whatever. barracuda. I think it was a yellow. Jesus. Yeah. He had a yellow barracuda. He painted it red. Ooh during the time, oops, over the time frame we knew each other. Mm -hmm. But I remember we were out front and Uncle Ed was over there and your dad, and he doesn't remember this and he'll probably deny it, but it did happen. He sat on, it was either one of the brothers had a motorcycle and they were over there. And I remember him sitting on the motorcycle out in front of the house, mm -hmm. you know, I guess trying to look cool, whatever. Yeah. But um, he just came over and started talking, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, you know, Tammy, I think I had, I was I liked another boy at the time, mm -hmm. David. And um, she, you know, started talking to him. They started seeing each other or whatever. And they probably dated for like a year or whatever. But Tammy was really immature. Um, but your dad and I started talking after those two broke up. Mm -hmm. And your grandma, I'm trying to think, she had her own apartment at the time. She had moved out. Dad and mom had separated. She had moved out and was living in an apartment, working at a grocery store as uh, the manager of the catering department. And I had stayed, um, your Uncle Michael and me and Janine had stayed at the house. With your dad. Mm -hmm, okay. With my dad. And my brother, Jonathan, he went with mom. And there was a period before mom and dad called it quits. Because he was the baby. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he was so young. Mm -hmm. He stayed with your aunt Peggy for a while, but um, 
I know that mom was institutionalized for depression. I mean, she was suicidal and I was probably 12. So you think about it. Did something cause it or? Well, think about it. When mom was 29, she found her mother shot. I did not know that. Yeah. So my grandmother, Nellie, her name was Nellie. Mm -hmm. She lived, um, it wasn't even a mile away from us. I can show you the neighborhood next time we go to Virginia where she lived. But mom, it was around Christmas time and mom was kind of like me. She always called and, you know, if there was going to get curtains, if she was going to do something, she called mm-hmm. Dr. Mom about it. Right. You know, they would discuss things and she was really close. Mm-hmm. And um, as a matter of fact, Michael was grandma's favorite. I mean, he was the apple of her eye. She just, grandma, she loved. Smarty pants. Michael. <clears throat> I think it wasn't her first grandson because Aunt Peggy had plenty of boys by mm-hmm. then. But um, maybe it was because mom's first child. I don't know. Anyway, but um, mom... It was getting close to Christmas time. It was probably like two, three weeks before Christmas. And mom had tried to call my grandmother right. and couldn't get her to answer the phone. And it wasn't like her to not answer the phone. So she'd waited a couple of days and she'd try her again. And finally, she started getting worried. So she put Michael in the car. And I don't know where I was. Took Michael in the car and went over to grandma's house. And for whatever reason, told him, sit in the car, don't come inside. Just in case, probably. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Just yeah. in case. So she went inside, and my, my, we called him Grandpappy. Um, he was her, God, third husband, maybe. I don't remember. She, I think it was at least her third husband, mm-hmm. maybe fourth. But um, Pappy had, um, I think he was ill. He had, he had some Mental, type of sickness. Mentally. I think physically, I think it was some type of physical sickness and maybe it was mental too. But Mm -hmm. what happened was he had shot her. She was, when mom went in there, you could tell she had been cooking dinner. It was like dinner time, whatever day it happened. And, um, he came into the kitchen and shot her. There were several bullet holes in the kitchen walls or whatever, where he'd shot at her and missed or whatever. And she, I think mom even mentioned, um, she had a nick on her wrist where maybe a bullet grazed her when she was trying to get away from him or whatever. But yeah, she found her dead in the kitchen shot by my grandfather Mm. and then he shot himself. So that was the beginning. So she found them both. Yikes. Mm -hmm. And this was probably what in the 50? No. No. 60s. No. So you figure if I was seven, mom was 29. God. So, or, you know, so I don't even think she was 30 years old. So I had to be right around. So mom is not quite 20 years older than me. Mm-hmm. So if mom found her and I was seven ish, you know, I, I might have even been younger. Yeah. So 64 would have been 71. Early it would have been 70s. early 70s. Yeah. So she found her and I, re- I didn't know it, what had happened. I just remembered, um, mom had a really good friend, Cindy. And I remember, um, mom was crying all the time. And I just, I kept asking what's wrong mm. with mama. What's wrong with mama? It's not exactly something you just tell your seven year old, you know? Mm-mm. So my aunt Cindy, which was not really my aunt, she was my best friend, kind of mm. like Cindy Hafer right. to us. She, Cindy was uh, mom's really, really good friend. She pulled me in a room and said, um, you know, she finally told me, she said, your mom's really sad. At first she told me that grandma went to the mountains to visit uncle Chippy. Mm. And 
and I don't remember why that, and maybe that was the first story, but finally she pulled me aside and told me grandma right. went to heaven. Right. She died, went to heaven. And your mommy's really, really sad. Mm -hmm. And it was Christmas time. And I remember mom always Christmas at our house was always like the, like perfect time of year. We always, you know, we were poor as we could possibly be, right. but Christmas was always way over the top, mm -hmm. tons of presents. We each had our own little section of the den with toys, you know, just piles of toys. I never, mm -hmm. to this day, we'll know how my mom and dad afforded. Right. Now they didn't get us toys. You know, we wouldn't go to Walmart and get toys, you know, throughout the year. Um, we got new shoes and new clothes when Christmas was, you know, when it was new school year, right. we got a dress at Easter Christmas. We got, you know, we got clothes at Christmas time, but we didn't get clothes throughout the year like you do now. Right. You know, kids just get clothes because they need them. Well, we didn't get them. We didn't get new shoes all year round. Right. You know, hand-me-downs, you mm. know, that kind of thing. But I remember um, that that first Christmas and mom crying a lot. But Christmas is at, mom, at the house at mom's still to this day. Uh, it's the one of the, if you have to think back and remember, what is your most comforting childhood memory hmm. was being in the bedroom around Christmas time. And mom always put those little electric candles in the bedroom windows. Mm -hmm. And the, the room was, you know, your room was always dark and there would always be that really warm glow of the Christmas candle. That was always mm -hmm. like one of my fondest memories that or summertime sleeping with the windows open mm -hmm. and hearing, you know, it wasn't real fun because mom would put us to bed. If it was eight o'clock, we went to bed. Right. It didn't matter if it was still light outside. Now our friends would be outside playing. We could hear them, <laughs> you know, cause we had the windows open, yeah. but we went to bed. Right. We didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having the windows open at night and sleeping in the summertime and then went in Christmas, mom always played the Christmas music. So mm -hmm. there'd always be Christmas carols in the house and the warm glow of those candles in the wind in the bedroom windows. Mm -hmm. That was, those are the fondest childhood. I've memories. still been trying to find those, uh, Caleb's parents, that house next to us, they have those. And the I candles. think of grandma all mm -hmm. the time. And I tell you one other thing that always makes me think of grandma's house is the, um, the square fans, the, the box the fans, floor square fan. Yeah, oh, when somebody's such running, good sleeping. <laughs> yeah, when I see it, it just takes me right back to grandma's house. Mm -hmm. It's weird. The box fans. It's weird. Yeah, we we only had that one air conditioner. Mm -hmm. You know, she had the window unit, still has mm -hmm. it. So the house got hot. You yeah. have to put those fans to keep the cool air moving through the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she still does those little window lights too. Mm -hmm. Those little candles, fake candles. Yeah. Dang, that's wild. I never knew about that. Yeah. But yeah. And you know, so she's fought with depression for years. Right. I mean, forever. As long, you know, that was the first time I ever remember her being sad. 25. And it's, it's always been like that way. When I was like 11, 12, she was admitted to, they call it Bayberry, the nut house mental institution, Yikes. whatever. And that was, you know. So if I was 12, your brother was, or your uncle Jonathan was like seven. Cause they don't treat those people well in there either it was a, different is that a movie thing it was yeah that was different uh, i mean that might be like people that are crazy crazy yeah. she was just depressed right really depressed clinically depressed where she had some suicide watch suicidal mm -hmm. and so all right so your dad still lived in the house on yep. ranson street yep but mom she had her own apartment but then well no first she was institutionalized okay. she stayed there for a while um but i remember she lost a lot of weight when she was in there and she made friends with people there um we would go visit her on sundays um you know she couldn't come home with us but right. when she did come home 
she was, she was changed. I think, I don't know what, what happened or whatever, but she and dad, I don't think ever, you know, at, that was the point where you knew, okay, they're done. They're going to, they're so going to get, you were able to register all this at seven, eight years old. Well, no, I was 11 okay, when she was institutionalized. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I was older, but she, Jonathan went to stay with aunt Peggy, mm. me, Janine, you know, maybe Janine went with aunt Peggy too. It was me and Michael in the house for the most part. So you figure an 11 year old, and a 13 year old in the house by themselves. And my dad, he worked third shift. Mm -hmm. So he, he would go to, he would leave for work at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. to start that four o'clock shift. And then he'd get home at midnight. So we, we were doing whatever we wanted to during the day. Right. You were like the mom. I, I remember made, you telling me about getting them ready and walking to school and stuff like made that. Made food. You know, I learned to cook really early. Um, if I needed money, like I wanted to go to a concert with a friend, mom had money hidden away in a jewelry box. And I called her from the, you know, at Bayberry and talked to her and told her, I really want to go. We'll get this money I've hidden and so-and-so. And I think I used that to go see Andy Gibb for the first time. Andy Gibb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was me and Michael and, um, you know, I, daddy did what he could to help wash, you know, did laundry and stuff. But I could it have went south much. so many ways for well, a young child to just be kind of left to their own device. Yeah. So, but then you figure mom came, she probably, I don't know the time frame around how long she was in there, but I remember when she came back, you could tell she was different. You know, she and daddy weren't going to make it, she whatever. She medicine and stuff. Yeah. 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 She was on anti-medication. Yeah. But she ended up getting her own apartment. Um, she actually lived in a house in Buckrow beach for a while. Then I met your dad, while she was not living in the house. Mm. So it had to have been a couple of years she was gone at the mental institution mm. or in her own little house, her own little apartment, whatever. But, um, you know, that's how I was a teenager running free. Yeah. So I didn't have mom there to tell me what to do. So Doug, your daddy would come over and hang out. Right. Along came Becky. Whoops. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Yeah. So when, when you found out you were pregnant with Becky, you were 16. I was 15. You were 15. Well, let and me think. When she was born, you were 16. No, I must have been 16 when I got pregnant with her. And he was, he still had two years on you, right? Yeah. He was two years older than me, but only one year more. He was only one year ahead of me in school because remember, I was always a year younger than everybody mm -hmm. in the same class. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Um, but I remember, I was, I remember me and, um, your grandma and Aunt Cindy, they would have this big fair at Gosnell Hole Park. You know, remember Gosnell Hole Park, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So back in the day, they had Hampton Bay. What's Hampton Bay Days now? I don't even know if they do that anymore in Hampton. But we would go to this. They would have like booths set up and, you know, vendors, people making crafts, thing eating. They had a stage set up where there'd be music at night on Friday or Saturday nights. They would have fireworks. Yeah, it was like a festival. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Hampton Bay Days, but it was nice. all over that Gaza Hope Park. So mm -hmm. much better when it was there than in Hampton Bay Days when they put it in downtown Hampton. It just got crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember going by a booth and your grandma and Aunt Cindy picking up these brochures on abortion. So all my life I had been preached to, you know, abortions killing babies you know and i'd seen pictures in those pamphlets and all that so when i got pregnant with with becky i there was no question right. i wasn't getting rid of it mm -hmm. now i'll tell you your grandma did ask me 
you know, she said, if you want, you know, if you feel like this is what you need to do, you know, cause I want to get married, I want to get married, have family, you know, cause I was from this dysfunctional family, Yeah, you, were, you know, would you say you were looking for someone to save you in a way or I think, I think it was someone just because, you know, it was loneliness. You I see think some type of structure. Yeah. I wanted structure. I wanted a family. Right. I wanted someone to take care of me, right. love me, whatever, because, you know, I felt like I'd been on my own for so long, I yeah. guess. And it's really sad because mom and dad did the best that they could because they came from really screwed up upbringings too. Right. Mom was molested by yeah. one of her stepfathers. Ooh. Yeah. Like, I think she How was old? like six or seven. It was bad. It was bad. Um, she had a really hard, hard life. Her dad died when he was seven. She was molested by one of her stepfathers. Her dad, her dad died when she was seven. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Chippy was five. Dang. Yeah, they were really young when their daddy died. But mom, to this day. Well, she, for she, all that stuff she went through, she I think she turned out amazing. For all that crap? I think you about, think about Granny it. a lot. Mm -hmm. It's like, man. Like, mm -hmm. she was always, like, when you... Well, you and dad had jobs when we were kids. Yeah. So she was like the one to go and round up all the grandbabies mm -hmm. and take us back to her house. Yeah. So she was like the constant, she was like the backbone mm -hmm. to the family yep. in a way. Yep. So for yep. her to have, you know, cause when people go through traumatizing things like that, they can go down a dark path mm -hmm. and be like, what was me mm -hmm. kind of, and then seek you know, like drugs or alcohol or, and it seems like, you know, she did slip for a little while, but mm -hmm. was able to bounce back, you know. And, With medication and, you know, moving on, making her own life. Yikes. So she got married at 15. Right. It's crazy. And then had Michael when she was 17. So they didn't get married because she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to have a family of her own. She was tired of raising So she kind of knew. When you got pregnant, she kind of knew how you felt, like where you were at. Like, I think so. Oof. I think so. And then I remember when your dad and I got married. Well, I had to talk them into it. It was a long time. They wouldn't let me get now, married. Didn't the court forcefully separate y'all because of the age? No. No? No. We 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 could not be married without our family's, me, oh, okay. without my parents' consent. Okay. They had to sign. Okay. So mom and dad did not want me to get married. and And I was like, well, you know. I just, you know, thought that's what you do. You're pregnant, you get married, you have a family. But mom had tried to talk me out of it. And finally, daddy, um, mom and dad finally, or she told him, I will, you know, you go ahead and you can sign for her and Doug to get married if you want to. But they made me promise that I would graduate high school. Hmm. That was, that was one of the promises that they made me make was they would let me get married, sign for me to get married, but I had to promise to graduate from high school, which I did. Um, it was hard, but, um, so you birthed a child and graduated high school. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I was Yikes. pregnant with Donna when I graduated. We had um, my high school. We probably had maybe three or four girls mm -hmm. have babies mm -hmm. in high school, but that was even at that time kind of blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And when I was in school, I never really knew you had an option mm -hmm. to just drop out. But mm -hmm. then when a couple of people I knew left and right, they just stopped showing up. Mm -hmm. But I think, like I said, sports again, if you missed a day of class, you couldn't practice. Right. So it's like, and if you miss a day of practice, you can't play in the game. It was good. <clears throat> it gave you incentive. And you just couldn't, like there was no option. Yeah. We've got to graduate. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, so 
your dad and I met through your uncle Phil because he lived across the street. Right. Um, mom and dad let me get married. And I remember the day that I got married, me and my best friend, Karen, she was my maid of honor. Her last name was Ellis too. It was really weird. Um, they used to ask us in school if we were, if we were related, we weren't, they just had the same last name, right. but she would, she was my maid of honor. And, um, I remember her and I running late to get to the church mm-hmm. and mom had said she, she was hoping that we, I had changed my mind and had run off. She actually stood in the back of the church and said, I will give you my car keys and I will give you a credit card if you will just run now, what? run, run, <laughs> don't get married, run. Dang. She just did not, she felt like I was throwing my life away. But you were all in. Oh, well, I don't know. It was a wedding. You planned everything. You have everybody there. You know, people that, that back out of weddings at the last minute, people look at that and they might think that, you know, that's a bad thing, but it takes a lot to be able to go, okay, I've got all these people here nope. and all this is, you know, go through with it, you know? No. Wow. To be able to leave, it's much stronger than to go through with it, Yikes. which I went through with it. And, I don't know, you know, it was good. It was all right. Um, Mom just didn't like Doug because, yeah. you know, now she loves him to death now because mm-hmm. he's a good dad. Well, people change. Yeah. 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 I don't think she really knew him that well right. back then. He wasn't, it wasn't like he came around and had dinner with the family and went on vacations. He now was just you, a young teenage boy. Yeah, some, some, you know. And oh, his cars. Oh, oh, he had a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, granny, I remember that was the first them, motorcycle. Granny calls them murder cycles. Exactly. She, he had a motorcycle at the time, at, after he got rid of the Barracuda, he had a motorcycle. And I'd get on the back of that and ride with oh him. Oh, my God. It was crazy. Crazy. And he would, I remember him leaning so hard on that motorcycle that the foot pegs would scrape. Mm. So, yeah, young and dumb. Yep. You just think you're invincible. You don't think about death when you're young. Yikes. What can happen? Flesh being torn from your skin on a motorcycle. Yeah. I really hope he comes on. I want. I wanted you. I'm thankful for you mm-hmm. to be uh to come on and mm-hmm. be the first guest but um i really want him to be the second guest yeah but i'm worried that he's too nervous to just, to just talk air it out i think it's a mixture of he just doesn't want people to know how what he truly thinks like what's going on in his head because you know i think he was 12 when his dad died he was 14 i think 14 so yeah those are developmental years mm-hmm and he's got the four brothers, so he was probably lost and just looking, you know, for anything, mm-hmm. you know. And when you are a teenage boy, you know, you're just young and dumb mm-hmm. and wild. And then you and meet this little cute girl that lives across the street from your brother. Oh, he was girl crazy. Of course. He had tons All boys of, are. Oh, he had tons of girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever saw him was before he even came across the street he actually was came to my high school to see a girl that i went to school with he was dating her, her name was becky janka mm-hmm. um and she, i remember um you know he was cool car you know cigarette smoking you just thought wow you know look at him uh, yeah. you know um, and now looking back i'm like oh my god i was such a question idiot. is did he, did he have longer hair than you did no <laughs> he had long hair close he did. He had long oh, hair, God. but I think mine was longer. Oh, but yeah, he was, he, yeah, he was a, he was a, you know, heartthrob. Oh, a, yeah. In a way. All the girls knew Doug Burns. Oh, yeah. He was big time. Oh, I was boy. like, whatever. But yeah, yeah. Becky, yeah, I remember seeing him and I, I remember thinking he would go out to the, 
dances out on Langley Air Force Base. They had um, the office officer. The, it was a barn, hmm. and they would have dances on Friday night or whatever. And he would go up there. His dad was um, he was military. Hmm. His dad was retired military, so he could go to those things. Right. But I remember a lot of kids talking about you know he'd go up there and they they dance upstairs um, at, at the barn. You know, I never, mm. I don't think I ever went to one of those, but I, I'd hear about them. That dirty dance. My dad wasn't military. No, <laughs> no. Who but I, yeah, and I, I think he's very guarded. I think your dad's very regretful of yeah. a lot of stuff he did when he was young. But yeah. when you're young, you're going to do stupid stuff, make mistakes. He still regrets stuff that he did as a husband. He you know, does, and I'm he like, apologizes all the time. Like, I know he does to me too. And I'm like, turned you know, out fine. it's the past. Mm -hmm. It is the past. I'm as long as you, you know, learn. Yes. Are you going to keep repeating those mistakes? Then yeah, you're just and he an didn't. idiot. You're he an idiot. didn't. He took much better care of Sandra. Right. He amazing with Joni. Love her to death. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's it's really weird. I think your dad still has feelings for me some somewhat. Of course. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. The one that got away. I think I was in sixth grade when y'all got separated or seventh. So it was either sixth or seventh. You were um, on to Sullivan. I remember that. But I remember. <laughs> um, did you stay with him for us or did you feel trapped or was it a mix? It was a mix. It was, you know, where am I going to go? How am I going to afford to have kids on my own? Right. How can I do this? And when Becky graduated and Donna was getting ready to graduate, I thought, okay, they're done. And now all we've got left is James. Mm -hmm. And I knew it wouldn't be that long before you would be gone and getting life of your own and doing whatever. So I was like, you know, I'm at the point where I can make the car payment myself. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, I can, you know, Denise lets me live with her, you know. So where'd you meet her? She was doing my hair. Really? I was doing my hair. Mm -hmm. Dang. And I remember Becky called her and told her that your dad and I were fighting. It was probably that big fight that night. Mm -hmm. And he had, um, she had said, you know, Becky had asked her if I could come stay with her for a while. I didn't even ask her. Becky did. Oh. And I went and stayed with her and we got to be really good friends then. And that's how I met Tammy through mm -hmm. Denise. And Tammy was like, I got this big house. I'm gone every other weekend to see my boyfriend in Colorado, I think. And she had a cat. And she was like, you know, you'd be doing me a favor to come yeah. stay with us. You know, the house wouldn't be empty, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and just pay me what you can. And I wasn't paying anything. I right. would like buy groceries and like do laundry and right. clean house with her. But mm -hmm. we became like best friends, sisters, yeah. you know, you know, as women, you come home and you see dishes in the sink. I would when the nights that I knew she'd have her kids, yeah. I would go walk around the mall <sighs> just to kill time. Mm -hmm. And then I'd come home and sh I would hear her upstairs in bed, you know, settling down with the kids. And I would come in and if the, you know, she would clean up the kitchen, but there'd be dishes in the sink. Well, I'd come in and I'd do the dishes and then I'd go in the laundry room. And if there was laundry in the dryer, I'd fold it. You know, mm -hmm. there's just things that you know that if it was your home or somebody was there with you, you would want them to do that or to help them in any way that you could. That's I couldn't help relief. financially, yeah, but I could help with my time. Mm -hmm. So that's how Tammy and I and got kind to of really. companionship. If anything oh ever went wrong with her relationship, she had you to confide. Oh yeah, in, you know? yeah, we had, we had best friends. It's like living with your sister, yeah. only better because you don't fight like you do with your sister. Mm -hmm. Relax. All right. So you went lived with Denise for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then you lived with Tammy for a little bit. Four years. We lived together for like four years. Right. 2003 to 2007. Mm -hmm. And then you, what after that? I went, I had that apartment. Remember I got In a two Charlotte? bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. Charlotte. Remember it was up on the third floor. Good Lord. 
Yeah, I remember I remember getting that and thinking, I need my own space so that when James comes to stay, he's got his own room. Mm -hmm. He'll want to stay, you know. And um, your dad was always so good about supporting me because I remember, you know, people asked me why I didn't fight for custody of you when I left. Mm -hmm. You know, most women want to take their kids with them. But for me, it was like, okay, he was the backbone. He was always the disciplinarian. And I thought, mm -hmm. if I tell James, go do this or go do that, you would be like, yeah, right, whatever. Uh, you know, if your dad said it, you jump, right. you know? And I thought, I don't want him to turn into this kid that doesn't listen to his parents. Mm -hmm. And I was worried about how you would turned out. Now, part of it was selfish for me, you know, because I didn't have any kids to worry about. And mm -hmm. I'd been worried about kids since 17. But the biggest thing was I was afraid I couldn't discipline you mm -hmm. and you wouldn't listen to me like you listened to your dad. Right. And you'd end up being God knows what. You know, so I thought, you know what? You were very close to your dad. And I thought that's a better fit, you know, and then I got you not as often as enough, enough as I should have, but I did get you, you know, as often as I could mm -hmm. got you to stay with me in the room with buddy. Remember we mm -hmm. always put you in the room with buddy. Oh yeah. You'd have Scotty and Jeremy over, you know, I always loved Breaking having y'all over. Oh gosh. And she <laughs> loved y'all boys to this day. I told her when y'all came over to talk to Jamie about stuff, I had told her, I said, yeah, James came over and he brought Jeremy. She goes, Oh my gosh, Jeremy. I said, yeah, whatever happened to the other one? I said, Scotty. And she was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. That was very good. That was a very good time in my life. She was really good. We were a good fit. Yeah. It was fun. fun. Every time we came over just to hang out. Yeah. And the kids, we'd do things with kids, mm -hmm. you know, Remember the the Nerf Wars? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had the most fun doing those. We still do that. Yeah. Especially when uh, Stephanie's brother lived one road mm -hmm. over, we would have Nerf Wars inside the house, outside mm -hmm. the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, that was going to be, that was one of my questions I had wrote, written down was, uh, did you ever worry about me as a child as far as what would I would, what, what I would become? Mm-hmm. No, because your dad was such, he was so good with disciplining you and staying close to you and doing sports with you. I mean, he did, he was so actively involved with you. Mm -hmm. I knew that he would be the better parent. Um, now, as far as uh, disciplining children, how do you feel about spanking? They need to be spanked. Every now and then? Mm -hmm. My thing, my stance is, you know, with Wyatt, you know, he's 10. You're and a little big for that. Right. Yeah. But. Because I, my system is when you're so young that I can't have a conversation with you to explain why mm -hmm. what you're doing is wrong, mm -hmm. I usually go for the hands. Mm -hmm. If you're touching something you're not supposed to be touching, you mm -hmm. usually get your hand popped. Right. And I say, no, you mm -hmm. know, it's quick. I'm not going to beat you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. But <clears throat> then when you get a little bigger and that hand pop doesn't quite get it mm -hmm. and you're old enough for me to talk to you and you understand, mm -hmm. then that's when the butt, mm -hmm. I like a good bare bottom payout, you know, nothing mm -hmm. to hurt their back, you know, yeah, <laughs> you no. know whacking no. them so hard. It makes them like scorpion, mm -hmm. but like, boom, you leave a nice handprint mm -hmm. on the bare butt cheek. And, uh, but now Wyatt's to the, to the point where you can almost like not demean him. Mm -hmm. Like you're so stupid. It's mm -hmm. like, dude, you know better. Mm -hmm. Like, wh what are we doing here? Do you want me to rationally, do you want me to just sit here and tell you everything you did wrong and why it was dumb? Or mm -hmm. do you realize what you did? Mm -hmm. Are you going to, like you said, are you going to keep doing that same thing over and over and over? Mm -hmm. You know, but you know, cause some people these days don't, 
believe in spanking your children. And then, you know, also on the other end of that spectrum, these days, people, uh, children are like reporting their parents. You know what I say to that? (laughs) I have bail money. Come get me. Take me to jail. Right. But if when I get home and I bail myself out, where are you going to live? So it's like, okay. What if they take your child though? Like DSS comes and takes your child. You know, I don't, I I don't, I think of my past with, you know, kids and boundaries. And I think y'all knew that you could go so far and there was a boundary and you would press the boundary, but Mm -hmm. you wouldn't go that far. So I got very lucky with y'all, but other people with other kids, I don't, I don't have any, I just cannot understand how it gets that bad. Yeah. You have to catch it and control it Mm -hmm. because it is, I do like how our kids are sassy. Mm-hmm. But when you're gonna cross the line, and I'm disrespectful, you, you don't talk to me like that. Yeah. So, especially to other people, because you don't want them to go out and be like. I think Dad may have crossed the line a little with me, mm-hmm. um, just as far as it might be a mix of, you know, some of the spankings I got mixed with uh, coaches. Mm. I I kind of feel as though when someone is above me, whether it be a boss or just an adult, someone older than me, Mm -hmm. when they tell me what to do, I will almost cower a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have that. I don't have that fight. Mm -hmm. Like you ain't going to talk to me like that, you know, Mm because I'm just, you know, when dad used to say something, Mm -hmm. it was okay. Mm -hmm. Or you Mm -hmm. paid the price, Mm -hmm. you know, which he never really whooped me horrible. I mean, there were a few, but. Yeah. When you were little, he had, hit you hard enough to leave bruises on your behind. Now you remember that paddle. Yeah. He didn't need that. <laughs> now that was ridiculous. Do you remember you remember the Wofford Street house? Now we had the crazy old lady that lived next door with the jungle. Do you remember You talk about Wofford? Wofford Street. We had the pool. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then next door was all the trees. Okay. It was just overgrown. Right. Well he had got me with that paddle and um I went out in the backyard and just flung that thing. And, and that was when the paddle was Disappeared. misplaced. Yeah. And <laughs> I haven't told him that to no. this day, but I want to tell him, especially face to face. I'm like, you know where that thing's at, right? <laughs> He's in, probably a lot. the next door neighbor. I know. Yeah. That's going to be the best. Because it was part. Tim and Melinda on the other side, right? Right. Which right. I actually saw them recently. They're living in Florida and renting that house along with other properties. Oh. They're really, they got it going on. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, they're doing their thing down in Florida. They're like, we just came back to check on the house. You know, mm-hmm. we rent that house now. Rocky. I was like, what? I knew they'd rented that house and I knew they bought a house in Beaufort, but I didn't know they were in Florida now. Um, I guess we'll do a couple of these rapid fire things. <laughs> um, let's see. Do you think children are born gay? Or do they, is it a nature nurture kind of thing or? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I, I have some gay friends, love them to death, but I always feel like there's something that happened that made them lean one way or the other. Like early. Early on. Right. Um, because my, I've got a friend who tells, tells me that he used to play with his sister's, um, dolls Mm -hmm. and she would, you know, and it's really weird because it's a family of four. There's, three boys and one girl and all of them are gay all four they all have the same parents so hmm. i don't i don't know i don't know because i used to play with dolls mm-hmm. 
And I still do with the girls. Michael, Jonathan played with dolls too. Right. But I don't know. I don't know what causes that or what makes people that way. I mean, I, I've always felt it's hard for me to believe that it's genetics. Right. That it's more um, something happened mm. or it's a learned behavior or there's some some trigger that mm. made them lean that way. Right. Like go, they they get more support from or they people are more accepting right so that's kind of the gen the direction that they ran towards right that's kind of like you said i same way i don't mm. really know. I, don't know I don't i kind of find it hard to believe that out the box mm-hmm. if you live air quotes a normal life mm-hmm. with a mother and a father where the man is manly and the woman is feminine mm-hmm. the female is feminine and they you know they you know like me and Stephanie, we mm-hmm. hug and we kiss and, mm-hmm. you know, we flirt, you know, stuff like that. You know, what would cause a child to run from that? Mm-hmm. You know, so I just don't know. And I'd, I'd find it hard. I think it's, you know, either they were molested or they had a single parent or mm-hmm. they were But then you hear stories. Orphan. But then you hear stories about these kids that, you know, can tell you that they remember they felt like a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, at, at a super early age. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is something. That's another question I want to ask you. How do you feel about parents these days that are giving their, say, if, because uh, Kenzie there for a little while was saying that she was a boy. And me, I never want to push them in either direction. Mm-hmm. I never want to say, no, you're not. You're a girl. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, you're a boy. You want to wear a mm-hmm. jersey or mm-hmm. whatever boys wear. I just like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. And I just let it go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I tell Stephanie, I, you know, I don't, as a man, I don't want to tell you what to do as a woman, mm-hmm. you know, like this is what you're going to do. But mm-hmm. I would prefer if you just let them say what they're going to say and do what they're going to do. They're just kids. And yeah, just let them, let them do whatever they want to do and don't push them in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. If Wyatt says, I feel like a girl, I don't want you going and buying them dresses. Mm-hmm. Now, if he uses his own money to go buy a dress, and that's a whole different thing. Like, hey, whatever makes you happy. Right. I just kind of let them get it out of their system. Now, there are people these days that if Kenzie was mm-hmm. to say, I'm a boy, they are getting them hormone replacement therapy yeah. as children. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I To me, that's sad. I don't know. I've seen those stories, and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I never had to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like I said, I don't, it, it's hard for me to even argue for mm-hmm. that side. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you ever, because there are already hormones in, in children, especially women, mm-hmm. but females, it, it like messes with your head and you don't know what's right. You don't know what's wrong. And you're like, why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Boys, they just get more dumb. <laughs> it's like, they like, it's like blindfolded. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, just chasing girls, you know, or. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It I is, that know. is a, that is a mystery. Um, uh, are you afraid of death? No. I mean, a part of me thinks, oh, you know, I've got plenty of time, you know, but as far as, you know, if, if I die, a part of me thinks, gosh, I'll get to see this person or that person. I'll be able to see my dad, you know. Um, 
So no, I'm not. I'm I'm afraid of like my husband dying and be mm. having to deal with the aftermath of it, the heartbreak, the all the crap you got to deal with mm. when you lose someone that you care about. But as far as my own death, no. Mm -hmm. I think I'm, I'm more afraid of losing other people than I am of my own right. death. What's Something I, quick. Always, I always joke, you know, I'm just like, once once I'm so old that I'm like crapping my pants, you know, <laughs> like, oh, <word>. yes. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, that I just would like, I always joke, like, I'm just rob a bank. You know, or I say I'm gonna drink the Kool Aid. Jump, jump out of an airplane with no parachute. Just yeah. go out with a bang. Like, yeah, yeah. That's always been a joke. But as you get older, you're just like, Oof. you know, especially yeah, like you said, you because when you pass, there's people that are responsible for you. Well, I would hope that you have someone. Mm -hmm. I hope you just wouldn't pass, and just people are like, eh, it's just a body. Get them out of here. Mm -hmm. Where it's like people want to. What's your? Do you want to be? buried in a casket in a cemetery mm -hmm. or would you want to be cremated and put on like a, uh, what do you call those things above a fireplace? A mantle? A mantle. mantle. I, because I have been to so many funerals in my lifetime, the, the services for people that are laid out in caskets yeah, are so sad yeah. and so heartbreaking. I want to be, I want to be cremated. Yeah. I do. I want my ashes to be spread at the beach. Mm. If your kids want a little jar to save and say, hey, mom, you know. You know they can make jewelry. Yeah, I've seen that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, if you want to make something with my ashes or plant a tree and yeah. put my ashes there, we That's did that. Fine. I've done that for a friend before. What? Those types of services and send-offs, goodbyes are so less heartbreaking. Mm. I mean, yeah, you're heartbroken, but at the same time, your memory is not that dead person laid out in a casket. Yeah, I don't I'd, want, I don't want to be remembered like that. I, I didn't, that's why I didn't go to my dad's funeral. Mm -hmm. I, if, you know, I would have rather had some of his ashes to, yeah. you know, talk to him every now and then, you know, whatever. So I, I would rather it be like a celebration of life and than that's, come look at me. That's like, what, ugh. When people are cremated, usually it's pictures of your life yeah. and memories. It's not the dead laid out corpse and everybody's crying over your yeah. body and it's all made up and embalmed. They're and like people get in a line. It's uh, I've only been to a few, mm -hmm. but it's very weird how they get in a line. And Do you just remember Tammy's? No. Mm -mm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we didn't take you. But Tammy, she hers was... She was laid out. They had done her body up to where she didn't even look like herself. Oh. So when we got to the funeral, Robbie actually said, don't let the girls go up there. Yeah. Don't let Becky and Donna go up there. And I was like, why? And he goes, it doesn't look like her. It's oh. just not her. And I did anyway. They, I let them make the choice because yeah. they were, you know, 12, 13, something like that. But yeah, it, it, it was, it's very sad. I'd yeah. rather be cremated any day. Plus, it's cheaper on your family. Right. You know, you're not spending $15,000 for some big fancy casket. And I, the thought of being in a box enclosed and buried, no, no. And, you know, don't, you know, have me cremated. Spread me, spread my ashes at the beach and get a pretty little jar or a piece of jewelry to put on the mantle and say, yeah, talk to mom every now and then. I just think. That's what I was. I was now my current plan mm -hmm. is to be cremated mm -hmm. and then uh planted with something that bears fruit mm -hmm. like an apple tree right you know um just so you can say like oh even even after he passed he's still giving us stuff right no well, my providing friend, 
a friend of mine that two, three years ago she died. We put her, um, they actually put her ashes as part of the service in a hole and planted a weeping willow there. Mm. So it just, to me, I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. That's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, you believe in aliens? I, you know, have you ever seen a UFO? No, no, but I, I am open to the fact that there is other life. We're not the only people around. That's well, just, just idiot. My thing idiotic is there's think. so much space. Like there's mm -hmm. so much out there mm -hmm. that it's only rational to think that there, there might not be something exactly like us, mm -hmm. but there's something out there that's alive, mm -hmm. you know, um, <clears throat> what they say, um, you know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is? Mm -mm. He's a, uh, I think he's an astronomer at whatever the guys are that study space. Mm -hmm. Um, astrologist, but he, no. uh, he says that space goes on for infinity. Mm -hmm. And if you, uh, talk about infinity, it's basically, it goes on so long that there is another lorry somewhere doing the same thing mm -hmm. right now. You know, that's just, he's uh, infinity is so, so mm -hmm. much that mm -hmm. that's how much infinity is. Yeah. And it's just like, there's gotta be something. It might not be the bleep, bark, bleep, bark, you yeah. know, the, the big, big eyed little. Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I do believe there, that there is other life. Do I believe it's been here? I don't know. Do you think we're going to, uh, cause they're supposed to be going to Mars here soon. Those people are going on a one way trip. Oh, one way trip. <laughs> Ain't coming oh, back. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all can have that. <laughs> well, it's like people get so much money that they do and have everything they want. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that excites them is the unknown. Mm, not me. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Just I'm good. Keep me with my family. <laughs> Uh -huh. Um, you know what uh, OnlyFans is, right? No. So OnlyFans is like a subscription service. <laughs> the funny, th the funny thing is, fans only. OnlyFans. OnlyFans. I think I've heard about something like that. Go ahead and tell me because I there, think I might have heard. There about are it. women that are your age that mm -hmm. are becoming outrageously wealthy just by sending like uh, feet pictures of their feet. Jeez. So guys I need would, to do that. I, I know. I know. At, I need I was, a beach house for my kids. So that's what I was going to ask you. Like, how would you feel? You know, because that's how it starts is it's just your feet. And then guys can message you and they'll say, hey, would you mind stomping on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Um, and uh, instead of paying you $4, I'll pay you $10. <laughs> But then it escalates. Okay. And then you're like, show me your boobs. You know, you're yeah. like, nope, but you're in control. Uh -huh. Now there's a lady that's on a podcast. She's 26 years old. And um, I think all she does is her feet. She makes $20,000 a month. Oh my gosh. Just showing her feet. She's a little Asian lady. But, I was gonna say, she you must know, have great feet. Um, Where do you get your news these days, mama? Do, do you watch I try to check it. Jamie watches so much news that i when he turns on the news it's always the world news it's never the local news okay. and since covid and all this doom and gloom and you know i feel like a lot of times the things that we're affected by are worked up by the news you know the price of eggs they mention it's going to be expensive and the next thing you know we're paying eight bucks for a 
you know, a dozen eggs. I call it uh, fear porn. I hate that. It's just you, what you tune in to see what should I be scared of? Mm. No. So Jamie watches the news so much. I feel checked out from it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to see all the. I mean, I feel horrible about it, but can I do anything about what's going on in Ukraine? No. I can't. That just makes me feel horrible. So I typically check out from the news, mm -hmm. go out on the porch. Now I might find out, okay, whatever her name is, Judd just killed herself. Well, that's horrible. And mm -hmm. I probably found out at a week after everybody else because he's so tuned into it with the NPR radio and listening. Oh my God. And all the Trump mm -hmm. interviews and people books, books on tape he's listened to. I'm so far to the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear about any of them. Turn it off. I don't well, want to hear They say, uh, tend only to the garden you can touch. Right. So it's I'm like, why? Totally into that. Why worry about that? I got other things I got to mm -hmm. take care of. Mm -hmm. you know? And I, you know, I do care, but is there anything I can do about it? You know, it breaks my heart. And do we feel, do we not feel horrible enough about enough bad things to want to, you know, feel bad about other, you know, stuff that we have no control over no. or not, not going to do anything about? Yeah. You know, so. that's why I tell Stephanie a lot. Um, I heard somebody say it the other day and they nailed it. It was, you know, if you're, if you're like a king or a queen or what you would consider today an elite, the people that control like lawmakers, Congress, the mm -hmm. Senate, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. When you're a king and a queen and you look over your castle walls, mm -hmm. do you want to see the peasants and the slaves getting along or do you want to see them fighting amongst each other? And the guy said, you want them fighting against each other because if they start getting along, they're going to turn towards you mm. and fight towards you. They're going to start attacking you. So you want them, <clears throat> you want them fighting amongst themselves. And I was like, whoa, I never, I never thought of it like that. Like why, like why do people argue about stuff that doesn't even matter? Mm -hmm. Stuff that we can't control. Like when I go to work, people talk about Trump and Biden and, it's like, dude, who cares, dude? Mm -hmm. I want to know what the score of the basketball game was. Yeah. I don't, you know, <clears throat> I want to root for my team, not mm -hmm. who I think should be president. Because no matter what I do or say, you, know, you can try to vote, but it might be different where you are. But down where we are, it's you're basically casting your vote into the ether. Mm -hmm. It's so far to one direction or the other, you know, but... um. But yeah, the, the way he put it like that, you you want them fighting amongst each other because if they start getting along, they're going to start fighting with you. And That's like, weird. Ooh. Why do they got to fight with anybody? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, even it's like a primitive thing mm -hmm. when people don't have problems. It's like they find like <clears throat> years and years ago, you know, it was all day long. You were trying to figure out what are we going to eat? And mm -hmm. then it was, where are we going to live? Mm -hmm. And then now when you have food and you have somewhere to live, people like primitively have to find problems. Something else. It's like created. It's like first world problems is mm -hmm. what we call it, arguing about the president. That's a first world issue. But um, yeah, I don't know how we got on that, but I just, I liked it when he That's said one that. one of your like, questions. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll end it with this. So what is something that you want to do or experience like say like the number one thing on your bucket list mm. that you don't have time or the resources like i want to go to the moon you know something mm. like something crazy like that mm. is, there, is there anything like that i don't have the resources yeah the time or the resources that you're like man i wish i could 
most of the stuff that I want to do is within reach. I mean, right. it would be really expensive. Like, I would have traveled to Greece. Ooh, okay. I want to travel and see places. Well, when I think Greece, I think of those. It's like a mountainside. Mm -hmm. Like Looking this beautiful big, tall water. mountainside, blue water. Mm -hmm. That's what I think about Greece. And, like, the buildings are white see. for some reason. Mm -hmm. They say it's from all the salt. Like, it, salt bleaches, the, it bleaches the buildings yeah. white. Yeah, Which I want to see that. I want to see Greece. Beautiful. I want to see Italy. I want to travel because I feel like I think that for me, you know, people, a lot of people think they need to get to a certain status in life or have a certain amount of money or whatever. But to me, mm -mm, to you know, and I, I don't want stuff to an extent, but mm. I want, I, I, I find more joy and doing things where I'm out around other people, mm -hmm. doing things, experience things, meeting people, hearing, you know, music, you know, and and I and I think because I like to do so many things, or I'm so many so open to doing whatever, you know. So I Denny's and I got along so well. So we're like, let's do this, and I'm like, okay, sure, you know, well, that's what I'd pick, but okay, let's go, and we end up having a blast. But I want to meet and and experience and touch people's lives because i think that that's why we're here yeah it's not about the things you have or the things that you do i think it's the experience and the memories that you leave with the people when you're gone like yeah. i think of my dad and i, I it makes me sad mm -hmm. because he didn't get to know you or you know he he oh my god loved becky to death mm -hmm. you know was so close to my youngest brother jonathan but he gave all that up because of whatever his twisted thought was around that. I don't know. But I just feel like because to me, life is more about interaction and experiences mm -hmm. than it is about wealth and getting things. You and, can't you know. take that stuff by, with mm -mm. you. you know? mm -mm. No, no. But I can go meet people and, and do things and, you know, see things that that light me up and excite me mm -hmm. or make me happy, make me feel good. I'd rather spend my money on that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that to me, I, I can't think of anything like I would never want to go to the moon. I'm like, <laughs> why would I want to do that? I don't know. There's so much to see here. I don't know. You know, I see those people spend all that money. I would love to have a beach house, Ooh. but it's not so much about the big beach house. Yeah. It's about being near the beach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to me, you know, some people think beach house prestige. I think beach house, oh, God, I get to be near the beach. Right. I don't know that I'd spend Freedom. a lot of time in the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want a mountain house. Well, it's not because I want a big, fancy mountain house. It's because I want to be there near the mountains where I can go hike and I can walk out. You know, oh, you've seen my house. It's a great house. Mm -hmm. Do you know where I spend 90% of my time? On the back porch. On the back porch. Yeah. Because I like being outside. Yeah. I like being around nature i love watching the birds mm -hmm. i shoot i spend a small fortune feeding them stupid birds now when are you going to get a tattoo of a hummingbird i don't know <laughs> I, that's the one i need to get <laughs> i was gonna ask that's the one i need to get have it tramp stamp oh no i don't no. know i'd like a little one like Ooh, behind my ear or something something I've, you can hide yeah i've thought about getting like your grandma loves angels mm. i thought about when mom passes getting her name and an angel tattooed somewhere yeah just to you know have her with me now i'm i got that mom tattooed on my back yeah but i've just been too big of a pansy to i what i ultimately want to do is when the women all the moms mm -hmm. that have affected me mm -hmm. i want to tattoo their their name and their life mm -hmm. you know like when they were born when, when they passed yeah but that crap hurt 
it, for some reason, the left side and the spine, the right side didn't hurt that much. But man, when she was on the left mm-hmm. and right on the bone, mm-hmm. it hurt. Because of the skin so thin. I guess it's just never touched. It's like sweet meat. Yeah. I don't know how people get like the insides. Oh my gosh. Or like I've seen thighs. I think they've drink it a lot or something. I don't know. I've never gotten one. No, I did get my eyebrows tattooed. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. See if you look. Their hair Dang, stops I, here. You got to be trustworthy, man. It looks from where I'm sitting about five feet away, four feet. Natural. Looks normal. But look, there's 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 no hair. What? There's probably about like that much on each side is tattooed. They did good. Yeah, I'm about to go back and get her to do a few more hairs. Have you seen guys getting? They call it micro, and they get Plugs? their hair. No, it's tattoos. Of, of hair. hair. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> well, my thing is when it's when you first get it tattooed, you're like, oh man, that's good, it's so dark. But then it fades. Mm-hmm. Like the one on my shoulder mm-hmm. is like gray. Let me see. But when it when it was fresh, it was nice. It just kind of fades. Yeah, away. it does turn like a bluish color. Yeah, but you can get it redone. Yeah, but yeah, it was black originally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's probably the color. Like mine was dark brown or brown. Oh, okay. brown is what she calls it. Yeah, but it'll fade, and I'll get it done again. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm getting pretty good at drawing them on myself now. I don't. <laughs> it's really, cheaper. I don't really get a good look at the one on my butt cheek that often. <laughs> That's the only one with color. That's probably the best looking one because the sun hadn't hit it. Yeah, to suck all the color out. Yeah, That's when I get old. I'll yeah. let the sun hit it. Mm-hmm. I'll be naked. <laughs> Walking around with a saggy ass. <laughs> That's why I'm just like tattoos. I'm like, what? I don't know that I, I could never think of anything that I just loved so much that would be on my body forever. 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 Mm-hmm. And ever and ever. I've kind of, some people get a little wild with it. Mm-hmm. They're like, whatever. They get like, addicted to random. it. Random. It is kind of addictive, the pain, you know, but um, it's like, it, whenever I see a tattoo, I'm like, so what's the story? Nothing. I just like rabbits. I'm like, oh, dude. I get a bird because I'm a free bird. I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. You just wanted to get something. But yeah. I, I kind of feel like there's got to be some. But most of yours have meaning. Right. The mom some, one. Some type of story. The this one is, on your shoulders, your guys. 11 of us have the same tattoo in the same spot. See, I knew it was a bunch, but I couldn't remember how many. Um, And it was wild because everywhere... I think it's one of those things, like if you look for something, you're going to see it. Mm-hmm. But I've got pictures on my phone of like, I'll be walking through a store and mm-hmm. I'll stop and look at like jewelry mm-hmm. and there'll be like a frog and a penguin. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what? Mm-hmm. And I love penguins and Stephanie likes frogs. Mm-hmm. So originally I just wanted to get Chili Willy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get a penguin somewhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll just put it on my butt. Nobody will see it. And then when she was drawing it up, I said, is there any way you can add a frog mm-hmm. in there? She did. She nailed it. The, mm-hmm. the same lady's done all three of mine. So. Oh, she did? Who is? Where is she? In Charlotte. Okay. Uh, it's called Cosmic Tattoos. Um, she actually was diagnosed with uh, cancer, but Ooh. beat it. She beat it. She's her. still alive. Um, I, don't, I haven't talked to her in a while. She's got one drawn up for dad, mm-hmm. but it's a sleeve. Like it goes. He's going to do a sleeve? No, for me. Oh. For dad. Oh. Um, oh. But I'm just... It's like 700 bucks. So I'm like, yeah, that's that, a lot of that. And I can't have ink at work. Mm-hmm. Eventually they'll be able to see mm-hmm. it. You need to think of a different option for a sleeve, something other than a sleeve for dad. Yeah. He's so cute. All right, mama. Well, I've had you on here for too long, according to the kids. It is. But um, I want to thank you for being my first guest. Yeah. Who better than to bring on your mama right for on. your first guest? 
And uh, hopefully, I'll I, like I said, I want to bring all the family first, mm-hmm. then friends, and mm-hmm. then I would like to just pull random strangers in, mm-hmm. like neighbors. Mm-hmm. You want to come talk? Mm-hmm. You know, just. Yeah, you, know, you saw how it went. Yeah, just kind of smooth. You know, yeah. a little choppy, but yeah. You ever done this before? Uh, uh-uh. no. It's pretty fun. My first time. I like. It. I, did, I didn't even say anything to Jamie. I was like, I'm going to hang out with the kids for a while. I didn't tell him we were going to do this. <laughs> I like to get Jamie over here too. Oh God, he might take over the show. Lord, he's he's. All right, Mama. Well, I love himself. you. I love you too, honey. Thank you. Bye. I want to thank you for tuning in to Balanced with Burns. If you don't mind. Give the podcast a five-star review if you enjoyed it. Uh, like and follow. Soon I should have uh, social media up and running. It should be available on other platforms here soon. I'll be sure to list those platforms in the near future. Thank you for listening. <laughs>